as we uh, prepare now to turn to God's word. Uh, this is Ascension Sunday. It's uh, that strange church holiday that falls in between uh, Easter and Pentecost. And we'll be reading a traditional passage about the Ascension. We'll be looking at uh, the account we find in Acts. We'll be reading from Acts chapter 1. But before we go to God's word, let's first go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather together and worship today, in this room and wherever we are, we ask that you would be with us. We ask that your spirit would uh, open our eyes and our minds, our hearts and our lives. We ask the same spirit that inspired the writing of these words so many years ago to inspire our hearing and understanding today, that we might come to know who you are and who you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We'll be reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 11. Listen to the word of God. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and while they were gazing toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we reflect now upon the words of scripture, we ask that you would help them to find their way into our lives, that we might come to understand who you are and who you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When they had come together, a cloud took him out of their sight. As uh, the disciples gathered together and watched uh, as Jesus said goodbye to them, he was lifted up and disappeared from their view into a cloud. And as Luke tries to describe what happened, all I want to know is, is I want to know exactly what it looked like. I want him to describe for me exactly what they saw. And Luke says it was a cloud. That's a terrible description. A cloud doesn't give us any information at all. A cloud, clouds, clouds are not descriptions. A cloud is the anti-description. Think about uh, the way we use the word clouds. And when you can't see something, you may say that your vision is cloudy or hazy or foggy. You may talk about having clouded judgment or that your memory is a little foggy or cloudy. You use the word cloud when you don't know how to describe something. When Luke says that uh, Jesus was taken up into a cloud, that's not good enough for me. 
I want to hear so much more. I mean, the, a cloud, it doesn't, give us, it doesn't give us shape. It doesn't give us size. It doesn't give us color. It doesn't give us quantity. It doesn't give us quality. It doesn't give us number or height or depth or width. Cloud doesn't really tell us anything at all. And as the disciples watched Jesus taken up, they said that it looked like a cloud. Well, that's just not helpful at all. Although... As Luke uses this word cloud, it doesn't tell us much about what it looked like when Christ ascended. But this word cloud, it does, it does give us a lot of information. I mean, the word cloud may not tell us what it looked like, but this word tells us what it meant. This word cloud tells us what it felt like to experience that moment. The word cloud maybe even gives us a hint where we might look for a similar experience, even if it doesn't tell us what it looked like. When Luke uses the word cloud, it's a word that we find throughout Scripture. It's a word that, that does tell us a little bit about what this ascension meant. If you think back to where we were months and months ago as we were studying Scripture together, we, we came to the book of Exodus. And there's a, a very important moment in the book of Exodus when God sets the people free. And the people come together and they, they leave the slavery of Egypt, but they're not sure where to go. And so God himself chooses to lead the people and God chooses chooses to lead the people in a pillar of cloud. And this cloud, as the people gather together, this cloud leads the people out of slavery into freedom. And as the people follow the cloud, the cloud eventually takes them to the Red Sea. And they find themselves facing the sea on one side. And behind them, they discover that the, the enemy army has departed and has come to chase them down. And they're stuck at this moment between the Red Sea and the army of the Egyptians. And there's nowhere to go and there's no escape. And that's when God himself chooses to stand in between the people of Israel and the enemy army. As they're gathered there at the Red Sea, God stands between Israel and its enemies in the form of a, of a cloud. This cloud brings them safety. Heaven spills over into earth to protect God's people and all they describe is a cloud. Well, they get across the Red Sea and they, they travel for a, a bit and eventually God tells Moses it's time to give the people the rules by which they will live, the, the commandments they'll use to organize their lives. And God tells Moses to, to climb up to the top of Mount Sinai and God promises to meet Moses one-on-one -on -one, and God says to Moses, you'll know I'm there because I will meet you in a cloud. And Moses stands on top of the mountain in the midst of this cloud as heaven spills onto earth and God gives Moses the commands the people are to follow. And Moses then eventually heads back down the mountain and the people continue to travel and they decide it's time to, to put together a place uh, for their praise, to, to, to build a house for their worship. And so they, they construct a tent and a dwelling place within that they call a tabernacle. And in the tabernacle, they put the Ark of the Covenant and a, and a table, and they put bread on the table. And they gather together, and they, they prepare to head into this tabernacle, and they can't get inside because it's already full. Guess what's in it? It's a cloud. 
There's a cloud inside this tent. There's a cloud above the tent of meeting and the people can't even come inside because heaven has already filled it. Heaven is spilled over onto earth and God's presence fills that place of worship so the people can't even fit inside. Throughout Exodus, we see this over and over again. The people come together to to head into freedom and God is with them in a cloud. The people come together at outside the Red Sea and heaven spills onto earth in a cloud. Uh, Moses climbs the top of the mountain and God meets him as heaven spills into earth in a cloud and the people gather for worship and the worship space is filled with a cloud of God's glory and God's presence. Over and over in Exodus, we see heaven breaking into earth and the only way the people can describe it is as a, as a cloud. But it's not just Exodus. Oh, we can see this throughout the Old Testament. If you were to go to, to 1 Kings chapter 8, you'd find Solomon uh, constructing the temple. He's decided that now that the people have a kingdom of their own, they need to have a permanent place for their praise. And he constructs this temple, and in 1 Kings 8, the, the priests get it ready. They take the Ark of the Covenant inside the temple. The priests gather the people together, and then they turn around to go back inside and lead in worship, and they can't get in because it's full of a cloud. There's a cloud in the temple, a cloud in their place of worship. Heaven has spilled into the temple and there's no longer room even for the priests. God's presence is so thick in that place of worship, they can't even get inside. It's not just in Kings. We can find it in the prophets. If you were to go to Ezekiel chapter 30, Ezekiel talks about the day of the Lord. And Ezekiel describes the day of the Lord as a day of clouds. Joel does the same thing. In Joel chapter 2, he talks about the day of the Lord, the day that that God will come and put things right, the day that God will bring justice. And Joel talks about the day of the Lord, once again, as a day filled with, with clouds. Throughout the Old Testament, over and over, any time heaven spills into earth, the authors can only describe it as a cloud. And it's not just the Old Testament. And this happens throughout the New Testament, too. If we go into the Gospels, we find the authors uh, telling, telling us similar stories. There's a, a great story that, that we find in Mark chapter 9. It, it's in Luke's Gospel, too. It's actually the same chapter. It's chapter 9 in both of them. And Mark tells us that, uh, that Peter and James and John went with Jesus, and they climbed up a mountain together. And when they got to the top, very strange things happened. Uh, Jesus seemed to look different. They, they say it was almost like he was transfigured and he started to glow and they heard a voice coming from heaven and suddenly they noticed that they were surrounded by a cloud. There's a cloud on top of the mountain as heaven spills into earth. They say that the only thing they can describe it as is, is a cloud. And then in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus himself is talking about his return and he tells his disciples that he will come back and when he comes back, guess what he's going to ride? A cloud. We find it in uh, 1 Corinthians 10. Paul's talking about what happens when the people come together and worship and he, he talks about what happens when they baptize one another and he says baptism is kind of a strange thing. It's as if heaven spills into earth. The only way to describe it is baptism is like a cloud. Hebrews 12 tells us about the, the, the people who have gone before us in faith, the community of saints, the, the people who are our, our forefathers and our foremothers and our faith. And Hebrews talks to us about this, the community of faith, and says it's kind of like a great cloud of witnesses, heaven spilling into earth, showing us God's presence and God's love. 
over and over in scripture. We see it again and again in Exodus 13. We see it in Exodus 14. We see it in Exodus 19. We see it in Exodus 40. We find it in 1 Kings 8. We find it in Joel 2. We find it in Ezekiel 30. We find it in Mark 9. We find it in Luke 9. We find it in Matthew 26. We find it in 1 Corinthians 10. We find it in Hebrews 12. And we find it here in Acts chapter 1. As the disciples were gathered together, Jesus was taken from their sight in a cloud. And that tells us absolutely nothing about what it looked like. But Luke tells us what it means. When they saw Jesus taken from their sight, this was heaven spilling into earth. This was the presence of God in Jesus Christ. We don't know what it looks like, but we know what it means. Still, I really would like a more specific description. I'd like some size, some shapes, some colors. And I I find myself wondering why in the world the the, the cloud is the best we can do. And perhaps it's it's because that, that presence of God, a God who can create the cosmos, but also see a sparrow. The presence of God is so overwhelming, it overloads our senses. And maybe, maybe those moments when heaven spills into earth are just too much to see or to hear or touch or taste or count. Maybe there's something about our, our observation that's just not enough to capture heaven spilling into earth. Or maybe it's, not, maybe it's not a limitation of our senses. Maybe it's a limitation of our language. I th- think about the, the greatest moments of our lives— at the greatest moments of our lives, we can't put them into words. At the moments of profound thanksgiving or gratitude, words are not enough. I wonder if maybe that's why we do parades for Memorial Day. As we say thank you to people who have given so much, it's not a day we celebrate with speeches. We celebrate it with parades. Those, those intense moments of gratitude, they're, they're beyond our words. The, the greatest moments of your life, those are the moments that you erupt in in laughter, or in song, or in tears. Those are the moments that you break out into dance, or into praise, or into cheers. Those are the moments when, when you have nothing to do but to give thanks with all that you are. The language is not enough. We find that as we look back through scripture, the language was never enough to describe heaven spilling into earth. Our words aren't big enough. I think that's particularly true of the ascension. The greatest sermon ever preached on the ascension was not written by a preacher. I know what you're all thinking. Preachers don't write great sermons all the time. But it was not written by a preacher. The greatest sermon of all time was not written by a preacher. It was written by a musician who sat down to try and and express the, the meaning of the life of Christ. And sat down and used uh, phrases from scripture and set them to music to explain the prophecies of Christ's birth, the story of Christmas and Christ's life, the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then this musician got to the story of the ascension and something strange happened. He wasn't ever sure exactly how to describe it, but he said he saw kind of a vision And he grabbed sentences and fragments from Revelation and he set them to music and he created a sermon on the ascension that we all know, that you've all heard. That's how Handel wrote the Hallelujah Chorus. This is a a piece of music that conveys not what the ascension looked like, not even what what it meant, but what it felt like. 
that feeling, that overwhelming flood that's more than your senses can handle, that, that feeling that there's something greater than what you can see or hear or touch or taste, that feeling that heaven has spilled into earth and there's nothing left to do but to sing hallelujah. As the disciples watched Jesus ascend into heaven into a cloud, it felt like the, like the hallelujah chorus that overwhelming experience that defies our language. We don't know what it looked like. We know what it meant. We know what it felt like. And I think, I think maybe this word cloud also gives us just a a nudge, a little hint as to where we can look for a similar experience. As we look back, throughout those stories of scripture, we find there are, there are some recurring themes. When the people gathered together to flee into freedom, they experienced that cloud. When they gathered together outside of the Red Sea, that cloud was around them. When they gathered together for worship at the tabernacle, they experienced that cloud. When they gathered together at the temple, the cloud filled the temple. When Peter and James and John gathered together on top of that mountain, they saw the cloud and they decided to build a tabernacle. When uh, the people of God gather together for baptism, it's as if we're experiencing a cloud. When we look back at all the witnesses that have gone before us, it's as if we can feel that, that cloud of heaven dripping into earth. We can feel God's presence breaking into our reality. We can feel the presence of a God who creates the cosmos but sees the sparrows, particularly when we gather together. We see it throughout scripture. There's something about something about coming together in worship that helps us see this cloud of God's presence, that helps us see this cloud of witnesses. Whether we do it online or in person, perhaps especially in person, there's something that happens when we gather together and join our voices in song, when we experience God's work in our lives. We experience those moments that defy our language and we find it's, it's kind of like a cloud being surrounded by the presence of God, heaven tearing into our lives. As Luke describes the ascension, I confess what I really want is a description I can envision. I want to know what it looked like. I want to know how big it was. I want to know what colors they saw. I want to know the distance and the, the size and the shape, the height and the width and the depth. But instead, Luke tells us what happened at the ascension was beyond his senses and beyond his words. It was the cloud. If there's only one word you can put together to respond to the ascension, perhaps it's that word from the greatest ascension sermon ever preached. Hallelujah. Amen.